How are we all? Doing well? Excellent. Ben, I just, uh, when I was just standing there, I felt the Lord just say to me that July to December of this year was a launching pad for what God's going to do into 2019. Very simple, but just a thought of what all that God's done is launching you into a fantastic, as a church, into a fantastic decade of blessing, of prosperity, of favor, and uniqueness. There's a uniqueness about this church that, that uh, God's using and going to use more and more. So I just want to encourage you, you're doing a fantastic job. And he's a great leader, great pastors. You've got great pastors. And uh, every time Marilyn and I just think about the church, we, we just really feel like God was, God was so in what he did. And only God can do what he does. And, uh, and we can't claim any merit or take any, how look at us, how great we were. It's all about him. It's all, all about how God works and how God brings it together. So it's good. It's good to be in church. And, and um, as you look forward to 2019, God's going to do good things, right? Thanks, buddy. We've got the children in this morning, so I may have some competition. But I've got the microphone and I've got a louder voice. So listen, if your children start to play up, I'll just stop preaching. Because <laughs> they're bored. We don't want to bore the kids this morning. That would be really sad. I notice we don't talk about the cricket, right? Don't mention the cricket. Don't mention India. Uh, except the Mount Rib boy is doing good. So that's good. If you don't know who the Mount Rib boy is, ask Tim Campbell. He took all the wickets yesterday and got the most runs. <laughs> and he's a tail ender. Oh, that's good. I was just thinking, you know, like a while ago, Marilyn and I went to Nauru, had the blessing of going to the island of Nauru where the refugees are. And uh, just this last two weeks, uh, some more of the refugees from Nauru have been brought to Australia. And I've been in contact with many of them since I returned to Australia and talked to them on the phone and get updates of what, what is going on. What you hear in the press is never accurate. But um, it's great that they're bringing them to Australia. And so we were able, just in the last couple of weeks, to settle some families into a church in Brisbane and some families into a church in Adelaide. So uh, it, it's great that um, I, I think our government's done a fantastic job working with those refugees. It's not an easy situation. And, uh, but thank God that we are a country that's gracious and we're a giving country and there's a kindness about our nation and it's a great thing. It's something that I think we as a nation can be proud of, that we have a heart for people. And it's not an easy situation for, for the government and for all those who have their opinions about it. At the end of that, they're people that deserve a start in life. And some of their stories, if you could hear some of their stories, they're quite amazing. All right, I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 8 to 11, I'm going to use the Passion Translation this morning. And I want to speak, I've called this message, I matured. I matured. Life does that for you. So I want to take and read these verses in, uh, in the Passion Translation. This is how it reads. Love never stops loving. 
it extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, speaking of cause of Jesus, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. I spoke about childish matters. In other words, of course, as children, our words lack maturity and understanding. And as a child, we all have a very limited language. We begin. And of course, children are learning new words all the time. Some words, some words that I learned as a child, my parents made me unlearn them. It's amazing what you learn in the schoolyard and what you pick up in, as you mix with other children. It uh, sort of has a kind of an effect on you that my parents always didn't appreciate. As a child, I had difficulty expressing my true feelings. And over time, I've learned as I grew up to become more confident in myself, to understand myself. Life can be confusing, can't it? We're thrust into circumstance, we're thrust into situation, into situations, and so as children, we, we have all kinds of challenges that we face, but time's a great thing. And you know, I enjoy, I personally enjoy the experience of just thinking back over my life and realizing how much I've actually learned. And at the end of a year, like this year, it's a good thing to stop and just reflect back over your life. I reflect right back to my very first memory. My very first memory was as a three-year-old when I got my tonsils out. And I can remember when I was laying on the table was my first memory of this cloth being put across my face and me screaming as, of course, they put me to sleep. And I remember waking up in a little cot and I can remember all the detail. I was only three years of age, my first memory. But that was an experience. When I had my feet crushed as an 18-year-old, that was also an experience, a very painful one. But all the experiences of life as you think back over your life, as a child, you think, wow, I've come through all these things that have helped to shape my life. You know, I think it's tragic that people seem often to take the negative out of their circumstance rather than the positive. And they take on this victim mentality. Now, I understand I understand the abuse, I understand the situations that a lot of people face that I haven't been through myself. But the reality is, is you, as you grow up as a child, 
It's all part of shaping your life for adulthood. I do think it is really important for parents to let children be children. I think we just left, we just need to, if I could pass anything on as, a, as an aged father with a 40-year-old and a 37-year-old. Are you 37 or 38? A 38-year-old. Sorry, Emma. I think we just got to let our kids be ch- kids. Just, they make their mistakes. They, they have their challenges. None of us are born perfect. We're all born in sin. My kids were born in sin. Your children were born in sin. It's part, part of shaping their life. Just letting children be children. Letting children have the fun of experiencing new things. Learning valuable lessons. And through all the knocks and bruises, they actually grow up. It's all part of shaping our life. My purpose in using this text this morning is to highlight the journey every new Christian needs to walk. It's like a child growing up into their teenage years, into their adulthood. And Paul talks about children here in this passage. And our spiritual journey is very similar. We start off as little ones and we grow in our spiritual journey and it takes a long time to mature. I'm a slow developer. I've always been a slow developer. It takes me a long time to learn things. But I pick things up and I grow through those experiences and hopefully learn from my mistakes and become a wiser person. And time does that for you. It helps to shape you. We begin at a point where we don't understand anything spiritual. But at the point of conversion, we enter into a whole new realm of discovery. Do you remember when you were born again? Do you remember the day when you said, Jesus, come into my life? And when Jesus came into your life, the Bible says the old was passed away. You had a new start in life and everything became fresh and new. We discovered, I began my spiritual journey as a five-year-old and it was very real to me. I remember the prayer I prayed. I can remember where I stood in my home church with my older brother and my two cousins And I prayed the sinner's prayer as a five-year-old. That was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Now, all these years later, 63 years later, I stand on this platform and I remind myself of where I've come from and how God's brought me to this place this time in my life. What an amazing thing. God's an amazing God, isn't he? So the thing that I love about being a Christian is this. Our eternity is settled. So when you are born again and you ask Jesus to come into your life, at that point, eternity is settled. You know that you have the promise of eternal life. And that's why I believe it is so important for us to share our faith. It is so important to make people aware there's a heaven to be gained and a hell to be shunned. Hell is a real place. And we need to understand there's an eternity that we will face. 
And so we can go about as Christians with eternity, eternity settled. We can go about our spiritual journey with confidence and excitement, anticipating what the future is going to be. It's so exciting to think we've got a future. We've got a hope. We've got so much to look forward to. And we've got, we've got life in front of us. We've got so much to look forward to. And until the day we're taken out, we can live life to the max. Age is just a number. So live life to the max. Enjoy every moment. Smell the flowers and enjoy life. Enjoy life. And allow the Holy Spirit to minister into you daily as he just opens up to you the realms of God. And we realize how amazing God is and how supernatural God is. And we don't need to live with any fear because God is for us. The second part that Paul says here, I saw as a child. I was looking through immature eyes. Everything I looked at was seen through the eyesight of a child. That translates to very limited vision, but that's understandable because Paul is speaking here about a child. You look into the future as a child, and it seems like the future is so far away. It's like Christmas next year for a child is like an eternity away. For you and me, it's just like, it goes so fast. Think about how quickly this year has gone. It's amazing. And uh, you think, where's the time gone in 2018? But for a child, the distance, the, the distance of the future seems like it's just so far away. But as you look back on life, you think, wow, where has life gone? I can still remember my little children, and now they're big children, and they've got their own children. And I guess one day my grandchildren will get married, and they'll have children. I think, my goodness. Life goes on. As a baby Christian, we look at spiritual matters through immature eyes. That's okay. Don't be hard on yourself or on other baby Christians. Allow room for yourself to grow, to mature, and do the same for others. Be patient. It's a journey, it's a journey of a lifetime. Our spiritual discoveries, the things that God reveals to us. For I saw as a child through immature eyes. But as we grow in our understanding of God, God enlarges us. Gives us a bigger capacity to realize that God is so amazing. And we put so much limit on what God can do. We limit God. God's able to do more, immeasurably more, the scripture says, than we could ever ask or imagine. So don't limit God. In 2019, don't limit God. Realize that God is huge. God's a supernatural God. God can move in a second. And the third thing that Paul says here, he says, and I reasoned like a child. My thinking ability as a child is not developed. I don't have the capacity to properly process thoughts and ideas. I'm a child. It hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. 
I will mature in my thinking and I'll be able to process thoughts and ideas with understanding and clarity. Just give me time. And as our children grow and as they develop, we watch them with excitement. We watch them take their first steps and then we hear them say their first words. It's exciting to watch a child develop and to become to become all that God's destined them to become. And as a parent, we have the blessing and the responsibility of taking our children and letting them become what God's destined them to become. Enlarging them, putting confidence into them, helping them step through all the, the challenges of life and bring them through. And so it is spiritually for you and I. There's, it's a journey. And you know, I would love to wind the clock back and say, well, what I know now as a 68-year-old, if I could put that back as a 30-year-old when I started as a senior pastor of a church, man, I'd do things differently. Man, I'd be wiser. Wow, I'd be smarter. Wow, I could do so much better. But the reality is, life is life. We can all look back and think, wow, I don't want to look back with regret. I want to look back and think, well, thank God for that experience and thank God for that challenge and thank God for that crisis. It's all good. It builds us. It makes us who we are. It develops us and brings us through. You know, as children, we can do crazy things. We can do crazy things. It's like that. I think it was the Dettol ad. Remember the Dettol ad? And the kid's on the garage roof and he believes he can fly. So... Because he believes it, he leaps off. Boom. Thank God for the Dettol. We can do crazy things when we're little. And I guess as young Christians, we can do crazy things and we can make silly decisions and dumb decisions. But you know, as a more mature person, we should look at those kind of situations and, and not tut-tut, but encourage. And look at someone and say, hey, what can you learn from that? What can I learn from that experience? How can I become a bigger person? How can I grow through that experience? On the pathway to maturity as Christians, I think these three things must be developed in our life. Let me, let me just summarize what I just said, our language. Our language. The words that express our heart. The words that express our heart. I think reading the Bible consistently on a daily basis will develop your spiritual language. If you just read the Bible for all it's worth, it will develop your spiritual language. So on the pathway to maturity as Christians, our language is very important. Let me read to you from Psalm 19 and verse 14, again from the Passion Translation. So may the words of my mouth my meditation thoughts and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing. Acceptable before your eyes, my only redeemer, my protector, God. May the words of my mouth, the language that I use, Lord, may it be acceptable in your sight. May it be pure and pleasing. We can make adjustments. We can stop and stop, think to ourselves, no, that's not the language I use. 
That's the past. I used to say that, I used to do that, but it's a new day. You gotta check yourself, and I guess you gotta discipline yourself. And you gotta say to yourself, no, I'm not gonna speak that. I'm gonna speak words of encouragement. We were just in America with Laura and Carl and the kids just through November. And we were laughing one night because when Laura was little, we'd sit down at the table and she would always spill a drink. Guarantee, every time, that right, Marilyn? Every time we sat at the table, guarantee Laura's gonna spill a drink. And she said to me, you know, Dad, every time we sat at the table, the first thing you would say is, Laura, don't spill your drink. And I thought to myself, I kind of, I, I kind of put the idea in her. It was probably my words, my language, that so doubt in her that she just played it out. And she, was, she said, Dad, you shouldn't have ever said that to me. You should have just encouraged me. And I thought, you're right. I'll, I'll remember that next time. <laughs> but the language that we use is, is important, isn't it? I think we need to be constantly examining our language, how we are speaking and what we are saying. So the first thing is our language. The second thing is our vision, how we see ourselves, how we see others and the vision that we have for our future. How we see ourselves is very important. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as an overcomer? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Or do you allow the words of those that helped raise you, you hear them in the back of your head, those words, you're not gonna amount to anything. You're not this and you're not that and you're not something else. Those words have power. But I believe we can disempower those words and allow the language of the Holy Spirit and the way that we see ourselves, see ourselves as God sees us. See yourself as God sees you. How we see others, and the vision that we have for our future. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, again from the Passion, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I love that. I love that expression. Heaven's bliss fills your soul. What a great thing. It's a good thing to have your soul full. Full of good things. Full of positive, excuse me, just burped. Full of positive things. Have your soul full of good things. Things of life. And you know, when we get our eyes on Jesus and we just see him and we see the loving father that he is, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Remember that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, we've got to get our focus on Jesus. Let's get our focus on Jesus. The Bible has a lot to say about vision. And we need to get a vision for our own lives and what God has for 2019. It's not too late. 
It's not too late to say, God, okay, all these years have gone. You might be thinking in the latter part of your life, all these years are gone. Hey, it's all setting you up. It sets you up for your future. Live life to the max. Let God work in your life. So we've got to allow God to touch us with our language, with our vision. And the third thing we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us is our thinking. Our thinking. Thinking Holy Spirit-directed thoughts and ideas. Thinking Holy Spirit-directed thoughts and ideas. Romans 12 and verse 2, again from the Passion. This is how it reads. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I love the Passion Translation. It just expresses it so beautifully. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. And God will do a reformation in our thinking. He will change the way we think. He will change the way we speak. He will change the way we see. And he will change the way we process with our minds, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. So the summary of the three points above, let me just give you the sentence to summarize those three points. Change your language. Seek to see clearly and teach yourself how to think. Give that to you again. Change your language. Seek to see clearly and teach yourself how to think. The church was good years ago teaching people what to think. But we've got to teach people how to think. It's not a church's job to teach people what to think. That's not, it's brainwashing. That's manipulation. That's control. It's about teaching us how to think. Teaching us how to think for ourselves. Same with that when we're raising children. Teach them how to think. Teach them how to process the thoughts. Of course, the journey from childhood to adulthood isn't an important pilgrimage. It can be at times long and an arduous journey. There'll be many lessons to be learned and experiences to be gained. It's exactly the same for our spiritual pilgrimage. Lessons to be learned and experiences to be gained. And as a pastor, it's very rewarding to witness somebody Take this journey into spiritual maturity. I love to watch and observe people who take God at his word and say, I can do this. I can allow God to change my vision. I can allow God to touch my thinking. I can allow God to work in my heart so that my language changes. I see clearly and I teach myself how to think and how to think right. We never know what will come our way as children, but hopefully with good guidance from those who love us, 
We come through those experiences equipped to live our best life. They help shape us for adulthood. And so it is in our spiritual life. Whatever we go through, these experiences equip us to live fruitful lives. That's what it's about. End of the day, it's about us living fruitful lives. Your Christian belief affects your vision, what you see and how you see it. Your Christian belief affects and changes your language, what you say and how you say it. Your Christian belief affects your thinking, what you think and even how you think. And your Christian faith allows you to develop sound judgment and good common sense. And in conclusion, I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. I've got five minutes and 12 seconds left. We're right on track. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. He said, now let me address the issue of food offered in sacrifice to idols. Again, from the Passion Translation. It seems that everyone believes his own opinion is right on this matter. How easily we get puffed up over our opinions. But love builds up the structure of our new life. If anyone thinks of himself as a know-it-all, he still has a lot to learn. But if a person passionately loves God, he will possess the knowledge of God, or in some translations, he will be known by God. I love what it says there. Paul says here from this translation, it it says this, it states this, but love builds up the structure of our new life. And I like to think in pictures, and to me I can, I, I think of the building industry and I think of structure and how you structure a house. How you start with the foundations and you frame it and then it gets closed in. It's a nice way to think about your own Christian life. You know, you, you've got to get the foundation right. And love is the foundation. It builds our life. And we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. It fulfills all of the law and it builds in us the confidence to grow and to understand the ways and the purposes of God. So I pray this morning that as we just allow him to take us into this new year and we think of our own spiritual journey, think about where you are on your journey. Don't compare But just think about your life. Think about your journey. Think about where you are. How do you, what changes do you need to make? What adjustments do you need to make? What do you need to change in your life to set your 2019 up up for success? And allow the Holy Spirit, but let love be the structure. Let him work in your heart and let God change your language. Change your vision and change the way you think and let God bring you into a great time of blessing and enjoy all that he has. For God has blessed us 
with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We have eternity settled. Our future is secure. And all we have to do is walk it out with him. Father, in Jesus' name, we so thank you for your presence. And Father, we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your love. And we thank you, Lord, that like children, we're learning on our journey, on our spiritual pilgrimage to become more like you. As John said, we must decrease and you must increase. Help us, Lord, to walk it out, to live it out with grace and blessing and appreciate every day that you give us and thank you for the life that we live. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.